Welcome to episode one of the study. Today's topic is, what are you wearing? I will be reading from St. John chapter four, verses four through 26, which tell the story of the Samaritan woman. After I read the Bible in context, I will then take it and relate it to today's woman or today's listener in the 21st century. Verse four. Now Jesus had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw her water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a spirit. And his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in the truth. I want to take a closer look at this Samaritan woman. Because as I read about her in this chapter, I began to ask myself, what is she wearing? The first cloak I noticed she was wearing was the cloak of avoidance. Why would she go to the well at noon? Probably because... Every other woman in the village or in the town had already come and gone. You think about it. They needed water to begin their day. Water to cook, water to clean, 
water to wash, water to bathe. Water is heavy when you carry water. So why would she wait to the heat of the day to go and get her water? She was avoiding the other women. She was avoiding the people that would be there. She did not want to see them again. She did not want to hear what they had to say. Perhaps she did not want to have to endure any snide remarks or hurtful comments. She just did not want to be associated, nor did she want to be bothered with the people that were at that well. So what did she do every day? She cloaked herself in avoidance and walked in the heat of the day to go carry her heavy water back to her house. And then I noticed she was wearing a cloak of self, of low self-worth. She asked Jesus, why are you talking to me? She was accustomed to being invisible. He was a Jew. And in that day, it was illegal for Jews to even associate with Samaritans. She had believed because custom said it, tradition said it, the law said it, that he was better than her simply because of his ethnicity. She was taught to accept that her being a Samaritan didn't measure up to him being a Jew. He was a man. She was a woman. She had to live in a world where women were second class citizens. She had accepted full on the cloak of low self-worth. I see she was wearing perhaps a cloak of trauma. The well was deep. Her well was deep. Her hurt was deep, right? She had to dip her empty water jug past all that dryness to even get to the water. She had gotten to a point when she came to that well, her worship was dry. Her expectations were dry. Her desire was dry. Her efforts were dry. I noticed a Samaritan woman, she was wearing a cloak of misunderstandings. She couldn't see nor hear beyond her own reality. In fact, when Jesus told her he'd give her living water, she said, where is this water? So I don't have to keep coming back to this well. She was still thinking with her mind. She was still hearing with her mind. She was not in tune whatsoever with the living water that he was offering her because she was too wrapped up in her cloak of misunderstanding. I noticed she was wearing a cloak of isolation. Jesus said, go get your husband. She didn't tell Jesus, I don't have a husband, but I have a boo. She didn't tell Jesus, I don't have a husband, but I have a partner. She didn't tell Jesus, I don't have a husband, but I'm living with some guy. She totally disowned her man. She didn't even acknowledge his existence. Her response was, I don't have a husband. Jesus said to her, you're right. You don't have a husband. And the one you're with now is not your husband. He even knew about the cloak of isolation she was wrapping herself in. He even knew why she was isolating herself and wouldn't even acknowledge that man's existence. She was wearing a cloak of grief. Perhaps one of those five husbands had died. Perhaps she had a good man or a good husband once. And when he left here, her grief engulfed her so that she found it hard to keep moving. 
She found it hard to be happy. She found it hard to laugh. She found it hard to have some joy in her life. She found it hard. She just cloaked herself in that cloak of grief and it followed her every day. She wrapped herself in a cloak of rejection. Maybe one of those husbands didn't die. Maybe he divorced her. Maybe he got her pregnant and left. Maybe her family disowned her because of her lifestyles. Having five husbands and the sixth man is not your husband in the Bible days. Maybe she wrapped herself up in rejection because she was used to that. Perhaps she wrapped herself up in tradition. We worship at this well because our ancestors worship here. I don't come to this well because I get something from this. I don't go to this church because it feeds my spirit. I don't listen to this minister because I'm growing daily and weekly and spiritually. I'm just going because mama goes here. I'm just going because it is what's expected of me. It's more tradition. And I've wrapped myself up in it. And I have lacked the understanding and the push and the drive to get closer to Jesus. Because nothing changed. We sing the same songs. We might read the same scriptures. We say the same prayer. And then I do it again week after week after week. And I go home every day to the same trouble and the same headaches and the same heartaches and the same issues. The same circumstances. But I go to church. Wrapped in a cloak of tradition. She wrapped herself perhaps in a cloak of frustration. Nothing changed. No matter how hard she tried to get along with the others, she was still ostracized. She was still going alone to the well at noon. Perhaps other people would not see beyond her mistakes. You know, people are really good at pointing out to you your faults. People are really good at pointing out to you what you did wrong. People are very good at bringing up your past in front of your face. And it's frustrating that they don't see your growth. It's frustrating that they don't see how you moved on. It's frustrating how they don't see nor recognize your change. Perhaps she cloaked herself in tolerance. You know, she was already wrapped in tradition. Now she was beyond frustrations. She just settled into accepting this is my life. My routine is the same. My habits were the same. You know what? Just because you get older doesn't mean you take off what you're wearing. You just become really good at dressing it up. We can rock that disappointment under the guise of success. We can perfume that hurt and make it smell so sweet. Even though it may have been years, we can still feel the very point where our heart broke and our expectations sank. Down through the years, this woman didn't change her clothes. She just kept adding layer upon layer. How many layers are you wearing? I like the way the New King James Version reads this text. It says, Jesus had to go to Samaria. Jesus had to see her. He knew what time she'd be heading to that well. He purposefully orchestrated an opportunity to minister to her. And that's why you have tuned in tonight to my podcast. It wasn't by accident that you fell upon it. Jesus has purposefully orchestrated a time to encourage you right now where you are. 
He has noticed you and he has orchestrated a time to respond to you. He knows that you are tired of wearing all those emotional cloaks. He knows that you are ready to take them off. And just like he told her how to remove the cloaks, he's telling you. He hasn't changed. The same word he gave the Samaritan woman still holds the same weight, both in the natural and the spiritual realm of today's world. Today was purposefully planned for you to meet Jesus at your allegorical well. So I ask you, what are you wearing? Have we gotten so good at denying, discouraging, and disappointing ourselves that we think we are actually dressed decently? We've gotten so good at drawing water from the well only for the satisfactions of others. We've become experts at putting ourselves second or third or sometimes even fourth to somebody else's needs or somebody else's wants or somebody else's dreams and thoughts of us. And then we have the audacity to feel guilty for needing to drink from that well too. It's the same emotional, spiritual, and mental place she was at. And Jesus is waiting for her at the well. He's waiting for you too. He asked the Samaritan woman, Will you give me a drink? I don't think this was just a simple request. I believe it is purely a rhetorical question. It was asked to state an effect rather than receive a response. You see, you have tried avoidance and you have tried cloaking yourself in low self-worth. You have had to wear the cloak of trauma from what happened to you as a girl or what happened to you as a boy, or what happened to you in your teenage years, what happened to you as a young adult, what happened that wasn't fair, what happened that just violated you in your mind, in your gut, in your psyche, in your spirit. You have cloaked yourself in misunderstanding. You have cloaked yourself in isolating because you just don't want to be there anymore. You have cloaked yourself in Greek because that loved one passed away or that relationship fail and somehow you think it's your fault. You have cloaked yourself in rejection. So many people have left you hurt and so many people have ignored your cries for help and they've seen your tears of hurt and frustration and yet walked away mm, rejecting you where you were. So you embrace that and you put that on and you wore that cloak of tradition and frustration and tolerance and now it is time to quench your thirst. So Jesus is saying, will you drink from my well? We're talking about Jesus, who was very much man and very much God. This is the same Jesus that walked on water. The same Jesus that healed the sick. The same Jesus that raised the dead. Had he wanted to, he could have told the water to rise from the well, form itself into a ladle and meet his thirst. He didn't need the Samaritan woman to draw water for him. He was there to pour into her spiritually. He said, if you knew who you were talking to, he's saying the same thing to you. If you knew who you were talking to, if you knew when you go to church week after week, who you were talking to. We have gotten accustomed to the tradition of worship, to the routine of worship, but we fail to truly understand who we're talking to. 
You'd be asking me, Jesus said, for a drink. Will you give Jesus your cloaks? He knows you're tired of wearing all that you are wearing. Will you give him that hurt that's so deep you can't even feel it anymore? Will you give him those wounds that have been there so long they've now scabbed over? And now they come out as you are bitter or you are angry or you are depressed or you are suicidal or you are lonely. Will you give it to him? Jesus sees the you you don't allow anyone else to see. I don't care what position you have or what title you hold. Jesus sees the you no one else sees. He sees the you you are afraid of letting anyone else see. He sees the you that's tired of putting on the facade. He sees the you and he loves the you he sees with all of your mishaps, with all of your misunderstandings, with all of your issues, with all of your hurts. He sees you and guess what? He loves the you he sees. You don't have to get anything right first. You don't have to get anything together first. He sees you where you are. He purposely came to meet you at that allegorical well. Will you drink? He sees you swaying it out under all those cloaks in the middle of heat that we call life. All those cloaks of hurt and negativity. He wants you to take them off. He no longer wants you to wear them. Revelations 21 and 4 says, I shall wipe every tear from their eyes. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to start being comforted by the spirit of God. Will you drink from his living water? The living water is his Holy Spirit. The living water is his very spirit of God. The end of verse 10 says, and he would have given you living water. I want to draw emphasis to living. Notice the ing. Ing is the present participle of all verbs. That means actions and all adjectives. That means descriptions. ING always represents the now. Whatever describes you now, he wants to give you living water for that. Wherever you are now, whatever you are doing now, he wants to give you living water for that. Jesus is saying, I will give you the living Holy Spirit now. Just ask for him. Verse 23 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. If you are having trouble removing the close of life, I recommend that you check out your worship. Worship is a requirement. Worship moves God. When God is moved, he responds. He doesn't necessarily respond to your traditions or your routines, but he will show up when there's a true spiritual connection to him through worship. I want to tell you whatever you are wearing is a choice. You can choose not to wear anything that changes your disposition, that changes your character, or changes your faith. What are you wearing?